Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, World Skyboy Red. We're back after a short break, and so is the Premier League. It's not in for us to take on Brighton at the City Ground on Saturday. Joining me to discuss the game and a serious injury setback for the Reds are, first of all, Reds fan Emily Anderson. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. Nice to do an evening podcast. Feels very yes. relaxed. Yeah, this was around people's availability. We thought yeah. we'd do, yeah. do an evening one. And then um, our second guest has kept us waiting for about 10 minutes as he sort his mic issues out. Mike Clark, are you well? I am really good. Thank you. Although my volume is really loud. So <laughs> apologies if I uh, speak up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I'm great. Thank you. And thanks everyone for holding on. My fault. Tech issues. If people in the comments think our uh, volume's uneven, then uh, drop a comment in. There's not much I can do about it, but I'll have a go uh, and try and fix it. Uh, Mikey, you're wearing, <laughs> as you put a poll on Twitter saying, is it too early for a Christmas jumper? And you're wearing a seasonal Christmas jumper already. I am, yeah. I, th- I think it's. Um, I never used to be a big Christmas fan, but the last few years I have been. And seeing as I'm working all over Christmas because I work in retail, I'm starting early. So all I wanted was a li- little bit of validation on Twitter, which I got. I think one in five agreed with me. So there you go. And Emily, you're also wearing Christmas jumper. Yeah, mine's a bit more subtle than Mikey's. But when Mikey mentioned he might, I just thought I don't want to be left out. And equally, Mikey, I just like celebrating Christmas. So. What is it? Twenty third, maybe a bit early, but yeah, I don't mind. And I'm wearing one of my one of my ten blue hoodies that I own as normal. You are the Grinch of the podcast. I am. I am. <laughs> yes, certainly, certainly. Right. Uh, lots of people in the comments have been commenting on this, so we should um, say something. Uh, you might have seen on Twitter the post and temps about his wife Laura. No one who listened or watched uh, over the last eighteen months would have known that Laura had terminal cancer throughout that time. She died last week, leaving behind Temps and their two young children. I know everyone listening to this, we're both shocked and sending their support. I say shocked because of the way Temps carried himself throughout such a terrible time. I'm reading this like a robot, by the way, so if I read it properly, I'll just start crying. I cried when I wrote this as well. Um, Lewis McGugan messaged me when he um, uh, to say it's a mark of the man that he conducted himself as he did on here and in life. No doubt the strength uh, that he showed will help him and in turn his kids going forwards. I can't speak highly enough of Temps as a mate and a person. I look forward to him coming back as soon as he's ready. In the meantime, I know uh, everyone associated with the podcast is thinking of him and everyone who listens and in the comments. And lots of comments, very much appreciated before we start. Right. Not easy to move on from that, but obviously it's been a difficult few days, partly why we took a bit of a break. But we're back. So let's talk about football. Um, Tyra Wanyi, Emily. I've said on here the key to Forest season is Tyra Wanyi. And he's out for three to four months. Uh, what are your just general thoughts on the, the the car crash news of today? Or is it not that bad after all? Uh, initial thoughts, absolutely gutted. Can't believe it. I can't believe our luck. Um, we'd got him back and he scored in the last time out. He was doing what we know Ty can do, breaking up defenders, being strong on the ball, making great runs, scoring goals. And 
we got devastating news today that he's out. Uh, it's a groin injury, isn't it? And he's out for two or three months, which is terrible. So for us fans, it's a horrible shock. And we go, oh, how do we go into the Brighton game without Ty? But the more I think about it, Steve Cooper and his staff will have known about this. This isn't a shock to them. They will have been preparing for Saturday without Ty. Well, and I think we need to kind of have have that same mentality, really. Um, and we also can't just build a team around one player as Steve Cooper says time and time again, we've got to think next man up and hopefully Chris Wood can step up. Do you remember in the Luton game, no one gave Chris Wood a chance. And if we weren't mm. so poor defending that day, his two goals would have won us the game. So we've just got to put our faith in Chris Wood. I am gutted, but equally, it's not a lot we can do about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been a bit of a backer of Chris Wood this season, Mikey, and, and Mikey, and you have consistently. I suppose the problem is, Wood's a decent Premier League striker who's done well for us, but there, there is a considerable drop-off from Tyro and it presents a big problem for how we play as a team, doesn't it? It, it, it does, yeah. He's a different um, proposition altogether, isn't he, isn't he Chris Wood? I think, but I, th- I think you've got to look positive and I think Emily makes a great point saying, you know, that, that Steve Cooper and his, his coaching staff will have known about this ago. They said they it was, it was a situation that needed to be managed. Now, obviously... Something's happened to maybe flip the switch to say, actually, you know, he does need surgery. And if we get surgery now, then we can get him back for the back end of the season. So they'll have known this. He's gone for surgery and we've got Chris Wood and Origi from the bench. So it's not as if we don't have any options like we had at Liverpool when we had to play a Langer up front. And Chris Wood is a seasoned Premier League striker. His, his, his profile is, is completely different. I understand that. He's not one that's good the odds like Tyler did at Man U. That's not his game. But what is his game, as Emily quite rightly points out, is getting on the end of crosses and holding the ball up and bringing others into play. So I think if you're looking for positives, and I'm clutching at straws a little bit, like I said, they would have known about this. They would have trained for it. And also um, you'd expect that there's a pattern of play that we'll see in the next few games with Chris Wood knowing that, let's be honest, he's probably going to start all those games. So they're going to know that. And like I said, Chris Wood has never really let us down, you know, including, including myself a little bit. But, you know, he, he does a good job for when he comes in. So um, let's be positive. And also, and I know we'll touch on this, Brighton have got a few injuries as well, you know, more than a few. So it's it's almost two patched up teams that we're going to see on Sunday. So God knows what, what's going to happen. But... Like I said, we've got Chris Wood, we've got Origi, we've got options behind him. So it's not the end of the world. And Tyro's gone in for his surgery. And if you remember when he came back last time, he was brilliant. So that gives us something to look forward to, um, sort of quarter two time, maybe March. Yeah, bad news, but let's try and be positive about it, knowing what Chris Wood brings to the side, which is, you know, he's on the pitch, you get a ball and he'll score a goal. So it's not the end of the world. Mikey mentions his previous surgery, Emily. It's the same injury again, going back to Southampton last year. Um, that's a concern, isn't it? A player gets the same injury twice. Uh, you know, we do. Do you have long long term concerns about Tywo's viability of ever playing thirty five games a season for us? Yeah, I mean that that's bound to happen, isn't it? When this is all this happened to us last season, he hasn't shown us, unfortunately, that he can he can play the best part of a, of a season, definitely not a full season. Um, 
But again, we just have to go with what we've got because when he's fit and firing on all cylinders, I wouldn't want anyone else up front for us for Forrest. And I'm sure other Premier League clubs would be vying for his signature if he could maybe stop getting injured. But that's obviously his Achilles heel. His groin is his Achilles heel, isn't it? So, yeah, it's it's just really frustrating. And it's just typical of our luck, isn't it, that we get an amazing striker that can't stay fit. Mm, it's frustrating he went away on international duty knowing he's yeah. carrying an injury but then players take pride in playing for their country and you can't yeah. really stop them if it was an England player they'd want to do it so I sort of yeah take that on board but um, it's not up to Ty either is it you know if, if if he's a footballer he loves playing football if he thinks he can play he'll play it was up to his coaching staff and physios that have said you shouldn't play for Nigeria so you're not you know I don't blame him at all he loves football mm. A couple of ones on that as well, Mikey, kind of branching out. Firstly, before we get to January, I take it it's Wood, not Origi for you. A few people said give Origi a shot, but I'd, I'd be going to Wood again. You know what you get with Chris Wood? And I, I know that might sound a strange comment because Origi is arguably played while he has played at a high level, you know, scored winners in Champions League finals. But in terms of his body of work for Forest, it's, it's a solid 60, 70-minute job. Uh, Chris Wood would have thought so I think he'll get the nod you know he came on against West Ham he seems to be the first change and then they obviously threw a Rigi on when we went through two down but I think um, Cooper as well talks about him being part of the leadership group and I think it's it's at times like this where he'll step up he'll he'll show them and I think he'll get the shirt on um, on Saturday and I think he'll play I think he'll play basically uh, until either he gets injured <laughs> and Rigi comes in or um, or we, we try something different. But I think he's the next man up. Um, and like I said, he's a, he's a proven backup. He's been around the block. He's got the T-shirt. You know, he's, he's been in this league for a long time. So I've got no overall worries. It's just his, his profile is very different to Tyro. Now, Origi, like I said, I can understand people saying to give him a chance in the first team. But if I was Divock Origi, I'd be thinking, right, I'm going to get on on 60 minutes now not Chris Wood. So I'm going to get, and if I raise my level of performance to to a level where I know I've been before, maybe I can get the shirt for the next game. So you've got to look at it in a positive way, but I'd be very shocked, Matt, if Chris Wood is not on that team sheet on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've got enough faith, you know, I'll probably put in my FPL team. I think you can get a couple of goals between now and, you know, Christmas. But Don't curse him. Please don't curse him. Well, he's in one, he was in my team when we played Luton. Um, just like one game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think what it does, I I think it affects how we play is the, is the problem more than Chris Wood, the player. Mm. We're just a much more limited team compared to a one year because of what he offers us overall. But yeah, we, we are where we are till January. Which begs the question, Emily, eight games until then, and then every egg in one basket of buying us an experienced striker for you? I think so, yeah, because all other areas of pitch we've got, we, I think we're pretty damn solid and we've got really good backups as well. Our midfield's looking really good um, and we have backups there. Um, we've got enough central defenders, haven't we, to start a whole team of central defenders, it feels like, although we're, we're losing them now already, so I won't... Yeah, it, we've, we've got to get a good striker and it's easier said than done. I've said this before on the podcast. Most clubs are struggling to find an out-and-out striker because it seems to be a dying art. So I don't know where we'd go. We've probably got to go maybe to our Brazilian scouts or, or somewhere further afield that can find us a little gem from over in Argentina or Brazil, possibly. 
Uh, good to have lots of people with us, 400 with us uh, already, which is great. Hi to Casey, who is in the state. So I know it says he's going to his first game at the weekend. Oh. I assume that's with his son as well. So that's great. So enjoy. Happy uh, Thanksgiving Day for you. It's today, uh, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, he yeah he'll have he'll have had turkey, but not a Christmas jumper on yet. So yeah, welcome <laughs> Casey. Certainly, let's turn our attention to the Brighton game just in more um, general terms. How are you feeling about it, Mikey? In fact, I know you were very optimistic about it pre about eleven a.m. today. How are you feeling now? I was very optimistic about it because I've seen their uh, injury list. Um, I went into the um, into my work office today in Leeds, hence why I'm wearing the forest top, just to wind a few people up. Um, and the first time I got, I had a message from you, Matt, and it was it was saying, I can't believe it. I was thinking, what's what's gone off? And then you see the tire. Instead of, four, instead of four little word, I think was the only thing. Yeah, said. I was phrasing <laughs> it around. <the> <laughs> um, and I was thinking, oh, what's gone off? And then you look and you're thinking, oh, oh what a dreadful bit of news with Tyro. And then you find out that, Danino might be carrying a lot. Knock Murillo, we're not too sure about. Alanga, obviously poor. You're thinking, oh, blimey, we're, we're as decimated as them. So um, I'm still positive because I think Brighton's form is not very good. I think they've drew five of the last six. They're certainly not on any good role of form. Uh, I think European football is catching up with them a little bit, like like it does Thursday, Sunday, Thursday. It's tough and they've not got the biggest squad. Um so I'm still positive, maybe not as positive as I was at eight o'clock this morning, but I'm, I'm certainly still positive. I think I cast my mind back to last season and the way we played against them last season, tactically incredibly astute from Cooper. He let their centre-backs have the ball and take it into our half. And when I first watched that, I was, it became very apparent to me that that was a completely tactical masterstroke because as soon as they lost it we broke on them rapidly um do i expect it to do the same again probably i think if we had um tyway fit and maybe callum hudson adore we'd try and be a little bit more higher pressing but i'd expect them to have 60 70 percent possession and us to break but i still think we'll get a result I think, I think we've got enough i still think we've got bench options and i think as, as i said they've not been on a great run of form um and we are bloody good at home now let's not kid ourselves i think and that is damn good so it takes a hell of a team to come to our place and beat us so I'm, I'm i'm still really really optimistic even with today's news i fancy very tight game maybe a one nil or two one hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. 
a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, good to have a slightly different audience with us on an evening as well. Anna's first live show and continuing oh. the uh, stateside theme, Christian in North Carolina Yay. and uh, Christian in San Francisco. Um, one here from Greg, I'll answer quickly. Is he back? Is uh, Hudson Doy back in the frame for selection? Cooper said he's close to returning to training. So I would think two or three weeks before he's back on the bench, I would say. But certainly that's about the, right, isn't it? For the timeline, yeah. I think it was six weeks, wasn't it, initially? I think so. I think so. Right. Talking about Brighton, then I spoke to a Brighton fan in the build up to the game. Uh, people who watch know Mark Southern's does FPL Black Box. Mark was on last week's podcast. His uh, partner in crime on Black Box is Az Phillips, who's a Brighton fan. So I spoke to Az, and uh, he wasn't very optimistic, although he did predict Brighton would win the game on Black Box, I saw. But talking of injuries, I'll play this clip from Az. It's 58 seconds long, discussing Brighton's injury issues, and then I'll catch people on the other side. A lot of teams maybe used an international break to kind of recover some players, and, and we've actually ended up losing <laughs> losing a key player um, and not getting a stupid man back. He, he, there's a picture of him with a, with a brace on his leg, mm-hmm. so he doesn't look like he's going to be ready uh, for, for the weekend. So, yeah, and, and you know, De Zerbi is, is rotating a lot. I'm, I'm not sure what our strongest eleven is. Um, at the moment, I'm not even sure what our strongest defence is at the moment because he's playing Igor out of position. Van Hex come in. Sometimes it's Gross at right back. You know, sometimes it's it's other players. So, yeah, I think I think it is a good time to to play us. Um, we've still got players that that can that can hurt. I think Fatty is is improving. He's been a bit of a success story over the last few weeks. He's getting more minutes and he's playing well. Um, I think Adingra has been absolutely brilliant for us all season. Whether he plays on the right or on the left, I don't think it matters. Um, I think he can he can do well. So. I think we'll score. It's just how many can Forrest get against mm-hmm. us? And I think if you can, if you, you should be confident of scoring a couple, I think. So it should, it should be an entertaining game. Yeah. I mean, we spoke before a one news injury, but I don't think it really changed anything. And the player, as mentions about a key injury for them is Matoma, who has Ooh. trained today. So he might actually be available, but they are still missing a lot of key players. But when you hear us talk there, Emily, does it feel like, one where if we're positive, and I don't mean go gung-ho, but maybe, you know, hit them on the break and press at the right time, then we can get some joy against them, even if Brighton are a good side. We should have nothing to fear against Brighton. We took on Villa, who are still a top five side, and um, beat them 2-0 very comfortably. Last season, when we didn't have the personnel that we'll have on Saturday, we beat Brighton very comfortably at the city ground. I see no reason why we shouldn't be going for all three points. We talk about our injuries. They are missing serious key players. Evan Ferguson, who's been scoring their goals, got injured in the international break. Kerry Matona, we've mentioned. Yeah, he might be back in training, but I can't see him being back for full fitness for Saturday. Um, Estupian's out um, and CISO. They've got so many big names that aren't featuring. Um, you mentioned their form, Mikey. I checked. They haven't won a Premier League game since September, and that was against Bournemouth at home. Um, they haven't kept a clean sheet all season. Their defence is not the best. And you wouldn't think that of Brighton, would you? And I think you alluded to it, but I think their European tour that they're clearly enjoying and they're doing very well in Europe is really um, wreaking havoc on their Premier League form. It's those Thursday nights, I think, are giving them a bit of a hangover for the weekend. So, yes, we've had an international break, so that kind of changes things slightly. But 
even though ties out, you know, we've heard about Murillo and Danilo who are injured as well. We've got so many backups that I, I just feel like, why not? You know, yes, Ty's gone and we've got to go maybe play slightly differently with, with Chris Wooden. But no, I think you could tell from the way that As was talking that he's probably not looking forward to the trip. And he said it's a good time to play Brighton, but it's never a good time to come to the city ground. No, we got them at a good time last year and beat them, obviously. Mm. Um, let's continue the international theme because there's so many people with us. Just mention them. Kay in Christchurch, Paul in uh, Wellington, New Zealand, not Telford, where I'm from. Uh, there are a couple of others. Uh, Lindsay Clark says, Mikey's too positive for my liking. Uh, yeah, well, he has to be cheerful sometimes, Lindsay. <laughs> uh, Mark, the Irish viewer, and Miles from Sydney. That was the other one. Um, right. So, speaking of Brighton's defence, then the second and final clip from us, which is teed up nicely by Emily, professional broadcaster, is on Brighton's defence and the big problems they have. So, uh, one minute, four seconds, and then once again, see you on the other side. We're a mess defensively uh, at, at the moment. I mean, even in goal, I mean, it's, it's a rotation between Steele and, and Verbruggen um, every week. I'm, I'm not convinced Steele is is kind of up to being in a, a top six-ish challenging side. I think he's done well for us. Um, we've obviously tried to to strengthen that with Verbruggen, but he's a very young goalkeeper. I think he's, he's number one for Holland um, now. So, you know, clearly massive potential, but hasn't looked amazing in every game that I've seen. And then, yeah, I mean, I just don't think James Milner should be starting a, for a Premier League side at, at the moment. Um, I think Doku pretty much destroyed him when, when he played against him when we played Man City. Um, as I said, Gross has been playing there. We don't... Lamptey's just not fit. On the other side, Stupinan's gone. Then we bring March in and then he gets injured and then it's Igor goes over. Yeah, I mean, sense about, you know, we've got, we've got Dunk, Webster and, and Van Heck. And I think Van Heck is, is, is looking really good, getting better every time I've kind of seen him play. Um, Webster got my doubts about him, so defense is is a, is a bit of a shambles, I have to say. Um, one other thing I said, which isn't in a clip, was that they struggle against big strikers and powerful strikers. Obviously, you mentioned Haaland, but uh, he was worried, he was worried about Taiwei, so Wood sort of fits that bracket still. I think the key man for me, though, Mikey, is probably Anthony Alanga if Milner plays right back or Pascal Gross, who's a bit out of position. They're not the quickest. That feels to me like an area where we can really get at them. Yeah, I think so. I'm buzzing after hearing that. He sounds really scared, doesn't he, of coming to the city ground? I don't think he's looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think you know Emily's point about them keeping not keeping clean sheets and not winning games, it just kind of emphasises what we were saying earlier. Um, yeah, they can be got at. Did he say we'll score at least one or two? I did hear him say that, didn't he? He That's, thinks they'll um, score, and he thinks the question is how many will we score? Can we get two or three, basically, against their weak defence? Interesting. I'm not sure they'll score. Okay, well, we'll see see how it plays out. I think um, if we go one nil up, I think they'll they they may struggle the the way we'll sort of camp in and, and hit them on the break. But I think going back to absolutely, you know, he was talking about the, the fullback falling over and. You know, injury after injury, and um, you know, Lewis Dunk is obviously a very good player, but they don't look as defensively solid as as they were last season. That's for sure. So, um, Elanga has arguably been um, our best player this season. Might agree with that, might not, but I think he's he's certainly benefiting from a run of games in the first team. He was a little bit bit part at the start of the season. Certainly, uh, at his time at Man United, he was in and out as well. But you know, he's getting a run in the side now. 
and he's he's paying dividends. I think he's he's pace. So even on the transition, if you just get it down the sides to a langer, he's going to scare a lot of people. Is he quicker than Brennan Johnson? Probably. I mean, he looks it, doesn't he? He's absolutely terrifying his pace. Um, and now he's got a big target man in the middle with Chris Wood because he's just going to stick around that penalty box. So I fancy us to score. I fancy us to win the game. Uh, I think we'll cause them a lot of problems. But for me, what's interesting is how it pans out tactically. Because like I said at the start, I think if we had a fully fit squad with Callum playing and Taiwo playing, I think we might have pressed them high up the pitch. Now you might see what happened last season is just sit back a little bit. And I, I just urge and encourage the crowd to just recognise that that's the case. And it, it works a treat against them because they do occasionally give the ball away. And we're, we're very good. We've got space to attack. So I think it'll be an intriguing tactical encounter. Uh, and I fancy goals. I really do. It, it, it might. I think both teams will probably score. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I've convinced myself. I think both teams will probably score. But I fancy is to come out on top. I think we'll have enough over the 90 yeah. minutes and um like i said their confidence is might be a bit shot so yeah i mean i think both teams will score brighton have got you know fatty adingra ferguson's probably fit so yeah they've got they they can hurt us but i do think we can hurt them i can see it being a good game for those who are going hopefully uh, and obviously hope we come out on top let's do uh, as we always do our lineup for the game they were slightly different till the injuries so, but now um, uh, I'll put them up and I'll talk around the names. Um, Danilo and Murillo are two to mention, obviously, on the back of the press conference as well. But this is the lineup we've basically all uh, gone for. <coughs> so I'll read out for people who are listening, not viewing. I have Lakodomos in goal, Aina, Bolly, Niakate, Toffolo as a back four. That's because Murillo is uh, a big doubt. Uh, Cooper didn't actually say he's out, but. He all but said he's out after that hamstring injury against West Ham. Mangala, Sangare, Dominguez, because uh, Danilo uh, hobbled off in that game. And he sounds like he's pretty much out as well. And then Gibbs, White, Elanga and Wood in a front three that pretty much picks itself, I guess. Um, Emily, do you like that team? I know you... Um, actually, that this was your team, wasn't it? Apart from the centre-half, obviously, being Murillo. So you like this team. Yeah, and obviously I had Taiwo as the, yes, the yeah, course, centre yeah. forward as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I toyed with bringing Danilo in in place of Dominguez, but I felt like he hadn't done enough wrong and I thought it would do more harm than good to drop him. So that 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 midfield works really well for me. And actually, even with the Murillo injury, that's a really solid back four. And Bolly's been, for me, one of our players of the season and was really unlucky to lose his place. It's only because Murillo did so well. Um, and obviously Nia Carte's come back and shown his athleticism and 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 his pace. Um, we've got Aina and Toffolo who can both cause problems, can't they, moving forward and still solid defensively. Um, Gibbs White hopefully will start to find some good form. And I think Alanga, as we've mentioned, could really punish Bryson, who obviously we know they play that high line. And I think if we can take advantage of that, Alanga slash Toffolo playing into Chris Wood could be brilliant, actually, because mm, we know true. Chris Wood can finish. Um, Andrew slightly aggressively asks about Anthony Alanga. Why are these lot forgetting Cooper said about Alanga? Has he got a knock? Uh, yeah, he missed international duty of the knee problem, but he has trained this week, so I'm sure he'll play. I can't see why he wouldn't. I think I was one of those international break injuries where they do um, miss out. Montiel, uh, someone asked about, I think he's training as well, but he's just out of the picture at the moment. 
Mikey, your original team actually did have Danilo in ahead of Dominguez. Is that kind of based on what he did last year or you like Domingo's, um, Danilo's ability to break from deep? Yeah, it was both. So um, I I understand what Emily, say dropping Dominguez, but just leaving him out for this game. Um, I thought he was poor against West Ham, obviously. His, his mistake for that first goal, um, but again, I don't, I don't want to sort of, sort of um, chastise or criticise. But I do think, for me, it would have been a tactical decision more than um, to you know punish him or whatever you want to call it for his, his performance against West Ham, where he was hooked at half time. Um, it was more along the lines of what I saw last year and how effective Danilo was. As soon as we won that ball back, he was the one that was darting forward all the time. Um, a good opportunity to give him fifty-five, six minutes if it tactically plays out the way I expect it to play out with them sort of coming forward losing the ball hopefully and then him absolutely denying breaking forward past Chris Wood or or Tyler um, as it hopefully should have been but isn't um, but if he's not playing that's fine because Dominguez has been fantastic this season um, you know one bad half doesn't um, summarise his, his for his career so far he's been really consistent and you know his um, ratting around to win the ball back, should I say? So I think in my head, I was thinking, get him on for the last thirty minutes. Hopefully, when we're defending a lead, because he'd be really useful then. Him and probably mm. Ryan. But um, it is what it is. As somebody once said, so if Danilo can't play, um, no problem. You just stick with with those three in midfield that have been fantastic all, all throughout the season. So you've got Ryan Yates to bring on if needs be. You can drop Gibbs White into the three. If you want to bring Divock Origi on, if we're chasing the game or we're going for a winner. So again, we've we've got options, haven't we? Um, and that team will look, even with the injuries that we have, it will still look strong on Saturday. So yeah, Danilo would have been my only change from uh, from Emily's team. But I, I understand the counter argument, but it, it does look like maybe Dominguez will play and I'm, I'm fine with that. Is there any argument, Emily? Someone mentioned this to me, uh, I can't remember on WhatsApp. Uh, oh, it's Mark actually, around... Um... Gibbs White as a false nine. This is more when Hudson Odoi comes back. But say Danilo's fit, would you play Gibbs White as a false nine and not have Wood? I I don't know if I'd feel very comfortable with that. Although he doesn't seem very happy playing off the right at the moment, does he? Mm. Um, I don't I know, Michael. What do you think? I, I just don't think that would work for us because then you lose that creativity, don't you? You know, if he's I don't know. No, no. At home, at home, no, I wouldn't. Um, because I like Gibbs White on the half term when he's got options in front of him. But as a false nine, he's usually the main man forward and he turns and there's no one to pass it to. So um, I think at home, with uh, our squad being as strong as it is since that closing of the window, um, I don't think there's a strong enough argument not to play a striker now because we've got options around him. So if anything... I concur with you, Emily. If anything, we get Gibbs White into the centre with a striker in front of him. So, however that looks, you know, you've got to think on Saturday, Brighton are going to have a lot of the ball. Their centre back step out. I'd like to see Gibbs White maybe come inside and make that sort of box midfield and not let them get anywhere. So, I think you might see a lot of that. But if he's up front, he's going to be there anyway. <laughs> he wins the ball back, he's got no one to pass to. So, um, maybe against the top echelon teams, I can kind of understand it where we're going to get. You know, not much possession, not many chances. But I think Brighton, they're decimated by injuries. This is a great opportunity for us to be on the... So I wouldn't consider it not for this game. 
Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Um, as Peter says, do us a favor and hit the like button. Be very much appreciated. <laughs> Help us out. Um, so picking up from what Mikey said there, I've done something slightly different and done a graphic of sort of how I think we can get at Brighton. So I'll put it on the screen. And it's got, for people who are listening, Aina basically playing as a right winger, but he's not going to play as a right winger. He's a right back. But what mm-hmm. Mikey was saying there is, I think get Gibbs White as close to Wood as you can to vacate some space for Aina and then push Toffolo and Elanga high up the pitch and just let Mangala and Sangare sit. Because yeah. from what Az was saying, Emily, their fullbacks, I mean, you know, James Milner and Igor, who's a centre-back, mm. is is a weakness. Do you feel like, to me, it feels like we need to be brave and have a go? Yeah, yeah we do, actually, because he, he very politely said that they're not very fast, are they? Mm. Um which makes me think there might be, you know, like we, we sometimes say players have like the turning circle of a double-decker bus. Hopefully it will be that sort of vibe. And Toffolo and Alanga will just destroy them, won't they? Because we we know that Toffolo and Alanga can both run with the ball. Um, and yeah, you're right. Having Mangala and Sangari, who quite naturally like to sit back, don't they? Then it just gives us that freedom to move forward. And then it can push Gibbs White into the middle where he feels more comfortable um, and then you can patrol the right wing. So, yeah, no, I think that's great. Yeah, I think that two centre-backs is so important these days. Obviously, Spurs oh, yeah. are the masters of it, of, you know, Van der Ven and Romero running a show and being quick. So there's a risk playing it with Bolly. And I'm not saying uh, Aina plays this high and Toffolo plays this high. I'm just saying when we have the ball in advanced mm. areas, let's be brave and let's get at them and let's trust Sangare to be the player that we bought to to fill those spaces and Mangala. And let's see a bit more from Dominguez than West Ham, but we know how good he is. Um, any final thoughts on the game, Mikey, before we move on to the last 10 minutes? Uh, I've got some thoughts on that team. That's like for people that play football manager, that's the formation you're at in the last minute when you're 1-0 down. <laughs> You've got the two four, four. <laughs> Everybody forward. Um, no, I I, I, yeah, I concur. I think the best teams do that, don't they? They leave all two sitting and the fullbacks bomb forward and overload the wide areas. So if it, you know, if, Emily, if you're right, and they're not as quick as maybe some of the teams that we that we're going to see down there, there's a great opportunity to sort of pen them in at times and get that overload and get crosses into Chris Wood. So it, it almost like works out with him on the pitch. So um, yeah, I think um, I think they'll have worked on that. I think that's the way forward. You're not going to. You're not going to um, be so intricate, I think, against Brighton because they're, they're very technically gifted. I think the way to beat them is down the sides with pace, a bit of and I think we'll create chances. And as as your mate says, um, 
as you know they're not the strongest defensively. So a bit of concerted pressure um, with Toffolo and Aina overlapping. If you think of the recent goals that we had, the one at West West um, West Ham with Aina down the right. And also, you know, Toffolo down the left against Villa pulls it back for Aina. You know, that's the way to get at Brighton, I think. Get down the sides with the pace. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's it looked mad on, on paper when you looked at it, but I, I get the, the thought process behind it. I think that, that's probably a definite weakness, weakness for them. I think we can get at them, definitely. Um, last one on the game, Emily. Would you take a point still? Because Brighton feel to me like one of those teams, that if they turn up on the day and turn it on, they can score four goals against you know, anyone bar City, basically, or Liverpool, mm. they're that good, but they are weak at the moment and can be beaten. So would you take a point or are you only going for a win? I'm clearly going for a win and they are there for the taking. There is no reason why we shouldn't win, but let's look at the context of the game. You know, if we're 1-0 down till the 94th minute and then score a 94th minute equaliser, I'll clearly be happy. Um, but I haven't mentioned this because it's, We've talked about it quite a lot in previous podcasts, but we need to sort out our set-piece defending. If we can sort out our set-piece defending after that howler run against West Ham that I know upset Mikey deeply, um, then that should be one way to making sure that we can win because we can do it. We showed against Aston Villa that when they are regimented and they all stick to the plan and they've got 100% concentration, we can beat the top teams. I don't care if Brighton are in the top half of the table. We should be beating Brighton at home. Mm. Yeah, they're a good side, but they're not the team they were. They are a good side. Team. No, they absolutely are a good side. And I think De Zerbe is a fantastic manager and they've got great personnel, but they've currently got a decimated team. Um, they can't find form. They can't win in the league. So we should not be satisfied with a, a point at home against Brighton. But I may have a differing opinion at five o'clock on Saturday. Um, let's yeah, move they, away from they, the game. Uh, 10 minutes or so. Um, one area we're going to talk about briefly, Mikey, was this vote among Premier League clubs to allow loans mm. between clubs who are owned by the same person. So uh, it was it was either 12, 8 or 13, 7 or something in the vote, the way it was reported differently. But Forrest were one of the, the nays, obviously, because Evangelo Los Marinakis owns Olympiacos and Forrest and is soon to own Rio Ave in Portugal. And I think he would like to own Monza in Italy from reading reports there. What do you think about it in principle that clubs can loan between their, you know, their family, basically? Um, I, Yeah, it's a very good question. I think, I think if you look back historically, so say um, Manchester City, can people remember when they loaned New York City, I think, because it was part of, their, part of their family. So this has been going on a long time. This is nothing new. If you look at Udinese and Watford, I think, you know, they share players like it's gone out of fashion. Obviously, Forrest, and, uh, when we're in the championship, you send most of our best players to Olympiacos. Now it's almost the other way around. Um, so this 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 isn't new, but I guess there is a uncomfortable, there's an uncomfortable nature that kind of underpins it, isn't there? Um, you know, if it's possible for one person or a group of people to own a succession of foiled and then sort of swap players between them. It does make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. I think where I'm at, at in, in, in my opinion of it, I don't think it should be outlawed because it's it's a free market. And to be honest, some people will sign for Forest knowing that they they will spend a year in Greece because because they just will and vice versa. Um, so I don't think it should be 
outlook because you've got to give people the chance to experience different cultures and all that sort of stuff and swap players. It should be fine. But I think it, it needs to be governed uh, with a with with a set of rules or a set of sort of boundaries or red lines and whatever. You, I think there was one season where Watford and Udinese swapped about fourteen players or something, which is just a bit a, a bit mad. So I don't know what the cutoff should be, whether it's financial or whether it's number of players or whether it's a, a time limit cutoff or whether it's per window. But I think there should be something in there. I don't think the answer is to outright ban it at all because like i said i think it's freedom of movement somebody wants to invest their their money in a football club in greece and in italy and in england then they should be allowed to say you know if one player says is can i spend the last year of my my career in greece and he says fine and you now that should be allowed i don't see anything wrong with that um but i do think it just needs to be governed so like i said don't just ban it but just govern it and with a clear set of rules so everybody understands that that's a framework that they're working in now i was going to, going to mention as well the um the deduction of the points from everton which has obviously shot us up a, a, a place in the league as well um again i get it i do feel slightly uncomfortable because it's almost like uh, this it's almost like you've been caught stealing from a shop and you've stole a bag of crisps when you know that 10 minutes ago somebody stole like half a load of shopping and some beer and everything else and they've got away with it doesn't mean what you've done is right it just means that other people perhaps are exploiting the rules and getting away with them for whatever reason more than you so i do feel an element of sympathy for everton um but i think that will all come out in the wash and i'm sure they'll go through each club and find them and points deduction or whatever but somebody's got to be the first one on the block and unfortunately it's Everton but going back to the the, the change of players just think it needs to be governed clear if you break it this is the punishment go ahead everybody clear everybody signs onto it the the answer is never really just to ban stuff because people just navigate find ways to navigate around it just Mm. just put a framework in there where where people can operate because it's a free it's a free world it's a free market if he wants to buy a club in Italy and give them players, let him, you know, unless it's, it's it's fundamentally wrong, which I don't think it is. Do you agree with that, Matt? I think it just needs to be a bit more controlled yeah. and, and um, it needs to face into it, needs to be visible for everybody to see so there's no ambig- ambiguity. Yeah, and I'm sure Man City would protest they haven't stolen, you know, 15 big screen TVs yet and um, Chelsea would say the same <laughs> just for legal reasons there and that will uh, come out in the wash. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, the Forest Olympiacos thing I don't have a particular problem with because um, we haven't profited from it that much, have we? Have we had any good players from there? My issue is more around Saudi Arabia and nation states owning, you know, Newcastle and basically they own the Saudi League really, don't they? And if they can just pick the best players and send them to Newcastle, that is dodgy. And if they can buy a World Cup, that's dodgy. But that's a wider sporting question around sports washing and the fact it probably works because they get so much inward investment, they make their cash back. But in terms of what Forest do, uh, I think it's all right. And other clubs, I don't have an issue with I mean, Brighton can't loan between their Belgian club this year because they're both in Europe. So they probably need to be some sensible cut-offs. But we can't send, um, you know, 15 players to Olympiacos necessarily. But if we want to get Omar Richards a few games, then I don't have a problem with that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's fine in principle. There's, wi- there's wider issues in the game that need addressing. Uh, it's more than Forest loaning Olympiacos a few fringe players, certainly. 
Right. Uh, I think that brings us 40 minutes. Any other business, Emily, anything else you want to discuss before we depart? No, I'm good. I'm very excited for the game on Saturday. Oh, I, I've mentioned my scarf before. I found my lucky scarf, so all is good. Good. Mikey, yeah. anything from you yeah. before we depart? No, I don't think so. Same as Emily. Really looking forward to it. It was, it was really bad news about Tyro today, but as we've hopefully tried to articulate, you know, there is a lot to be positive about. Um, I've got to say the app at home was back to how it should be and how it is and what we're capable of. So if everybody brings that to the next two home games, you know, there will be points because that city ground crowd is worth, it's worth a lot. And <laughs> believe me, you know, you, you go to some away games and you, you even watch it on telly, you can hear a pin drop, not at our place. Mm. So teams, teams don't like coming here. That's, that's why we've only lost a couple of times in a year. Because it's a like I said, it's a bloody hard place to come. So all, all I would say is, get behind the lads. As you know, we'll do. It should be tactically really interesting. On in two months, don't know what to expect, but I think it will be a little bit like last year's. But then I think Everton will be totally different. I think that will be a basketball game, back and forth, because they're really good away and we're really good at home. But that's another one for for another week. So there's a couple of good winnable home games, and I think we've got Fulham as well away. So there's points there, everybody, like this point, and that could really shoot us up the table to, to that safety mid-table bit that we're all sort of craving for. Mm. Yeah, the Everton game worries me more than, apart from Spurs, any game out of the next six games, mm. I think the Everton won. They're, they're actually quite a lot better than their league position, would say, judging by the numbers. I think they're, they're a team on the up, despite being literally a team on the down because they're points deduction. Mm. But if mm. they react in, the, in a positive way to it, then uh, I think someone's in the comments. There's no better time to get a ten point deduction than this season with the absolute, uh, mm. you know, quality low quality of the teams at the bottom of the league. So I think they'll be all right, and they'll present us with a really mm. tough game. Um, uh, the only thing for me was uh, people will know our glorious banners on Twitter. They're doing a really good auction for charity. Uh, or Simon Bristow is auctioning off some sign. I think it's nine signed copies of his book by Steve Cooper. So check that out on our glorious banners on Twitter. Or I think there's tickets available through the Forza Garibaldi website. But Greg's on on Monday, so he might talk about that a bit more. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for everyone who has joined us uh, at uh, 10 to 9 on Thursday evening. Good to have you all with us from all over the world. Uh, lots of comments, very much appreciated. Mikey, thank you very much. And thank you, Andrew. I've not, not been on for a while because of work. Um, but I'm rocking a Christmas jumper every day from now until... I basically run out. So I don't know, middle of January. Who knows? Well, the good thing is Mikey's got more than one Christmas jumper if he's going Hello. to do that. He's got a whole collection, so that's good. Emily, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It has. It has. Good to have one with us. We shall be back on uh, Monday post-Brighton. Uh, Greg, Gary, and I think Mikey are doing it. So have a good few days, everyone. Enjoy the game, and we shall see you soon. <laughs>